you likely needed to set it up when you were under 50 years old. Because if you set it up older than that, typically the cost of insurance inside these products really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to utilize. When it comes to financial planning, you need to cut through the jargon so that you can understand how to achieve your own retirement success. This is Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz of Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions. Welcome to Candid Conversations, Retirement Talk with Ryan Kravitz. Got a good show for you today. Talk, going to talk about the three worlds of money. Really, when you think about investing, you can really boil it down to these three different worlds. So we're going to talk about how this plays into building a good financial plan, the pros and cons, and uh, best way to use each of these worlds. Ryan, welcome in. How's it going today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am doing well. Also, I know um, we're recording this towards the end of the year in 2022, and it's the winter months, but uh, does that mean anything for, for Irvine, California, winter months? Is it just the same as the spring months and the fall months and the summer months? <laughs> so... All right, Ben. So this is where I get laughed at because compared to the rest of the country, you know, for the most part, we have some really nice weather here in Southern California. And I grew up here in Southern California. And so, you know, this is where my Midwest friends, my East Coast friends, you know, start laughing. But uh, I'll I'll share this with you. When I was a kid, you know, kind of growing up, I really found the the winter months uh, tough. So I, I actually, I don't know if you've heard of that thing called SAD, which is seasonal affective disorder. I think but so, yeah. I, yeah, I, I really think that I kind of suffered from that, like when it was dark at five o'clock or oh, I didn't yeah. get a chance to get outside all day. And you know, I, I really do think it, that it, it had an impact on me. And I know it sounds weird because, again, this is Southern California, so it's not like we're snowed in or, um, you know, it's freezing cold here or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I definitely think that it had an impact. But I'll say as, as, I, as I've gotten older, I really don't notice that at all. And in fact, I actually enjoy the winter months here uh, more when it dips down to that really cold, you know, 55 degrees or something <laughs> like that, <laughs> you know, compared uh-huh. to the rest. Uh, but the other thing, actually, when I was a kid, even though I didn't like the winter months, I did like going skiing. But hmm. um, but I would go skiing quite a bit in the winter because you can get to the mountains pretty quickly here in Southern California. But I don't know, probably when I was about 20 years old or so, I just kind of decided that, yes, I like skiing, but no, I don't like cold. <laughs> and the fact that I didn't like cold kind of went out and decided I'd rather spend more time on the beach playing beach volleyball and, and doing things like that. So yeah, um, that worked out better for you in the long run too, the beach volleyball. Yeah, I I will say so. St- kind of still dealing with this little shoulder issue, but <laughs> kind of keep me off a little bit. But I'll yeah. I'll be back. You know, it's, it's it's interesting about your body because you know when you when you I lived I've lived in the cold weather and I lived in warm weather, and it took me uh, some time to adjust, obviously to the, to living in the northeast and the cold. But you know, you over time your body does adjust, so you you get really comfortable with it. And you know, the opposite happens. You, you, your body can't handle the heat as much. But I imagine like if you're just breaking away from that crisp 60 degree evening in, uh, in, in winter to, to the mountains, it can be a bit of an adjustment period for sure. But, uh, I know that is what's great about Southern California though, right? Is that you can get to so many different places and experience a bunch of different weather without having to travel too far. Yeah, it, it is nice. I mean, you could be at the beach or you could be at the mountains all the same day. Yep. 
Well, that's really cool. I, you know, I, I didn't really think about – I asked you that kind of thinking, you know, winter probably doesn't feel a whole lot different. But with the, with the time change and with the darkness and all that at all, we all have to experience that. So it is interesting to see how Irvine and, and how you and the family uh, enjoy the winter months now compared to – prior years. So thanks for sharing that, Ryan. I want to jump into our, our topic today on three worlds of money. And again, you know, when you when you really think about investing, there's really three places you can kind of separate your money out to in, in terms of investing. You have the banking world, the insurance world, and the Wall Street world. So we want to kind of talk about the role that each of these play in a good financial plan. And, and Ryan will kind of share the best uses and pros and cons and maybe some mistakes people make with each of these. So, Ryan, let's kick it off with the banking world. I think this is one that most people uh, are very familiar with, saving and checking accounts. But what are some of the best uses of this? Yeah, so when it comes to any of these worlds, banking world, insurance world, Wall Street world, which we'll get into, you know, if you're retired or you're planning to retire soon, meaning in the next five to ten years, there's probably a very good likelihood that you should have money in all three of these places. It's just a matter of, you know, how much and there's pros and cons to to all of these. So, so yeah, starting with the banking world, you know, this is, you know, what we're all familiar with, right? right? We've got our checking account, our savings account, uh, maybe CDs, you know, that sort of thing. And really the main reason to have money in this is really the main reason is to handle our monthly bills. You know, we don't want to keep too much money in these accounts because they're not going to earn much interest, but it's, it's there so that, uh, you know, we can, we can just pay our bills. And then we have money in savings where you're going to want to keep some money, typically money that's going to be there just to be able to handle what I call the emergency reserve. So these are for those things that just inevitably come up, such as, you know, the car breaks down, the roof leaks, you know, something else where you just kind of need to get some cash real quick in order to pay those expenses. So they're not things that are completely unexpected. I mean, different things like that do come up. So you got to have some money there. And for most people, you know, I'll recommend that they have anywhere from three months to as much as 12 months of money sitting in their savings just to kind of handle, you know, these types of emergency reserves. And that depends on, you know, your age, your family situation, your income, your other assets, you know, if you're working, how stable is your job, right? So there's all kinds of things there that we need to consider. When you look at the pros and cons, is it really as simple as the pros are you have the safety uh, of the banking world and the cons being you just don't gain a lot of interest on it? Is that is it as simple as that or is there, is there more to the pros and cons? Uh, definitely. I mean, one of the, the big pros is you can access that money, you know, right now today. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can walk into the bank at the bank's open right now and, and you can get some money there. You can go to the ATM machine or you could just swipe your debit card somewhere and, you know, you immediately have that cash available in order to, you know, again, just kind of handle your, your regular bills as they come in. The other big plus, again, is that it is, you know, completely liquid You're and and you're certainly not going to lose any money in the markets or anything from it. It's just, it's, you know, it's completely safe back, you know, at the bank. The downside, of course, is that you're not going to earn a whole lot of money on the money that's in these accounts. Fortunately, this year, interest rates have come up a little bit on banking products, but uh, certainly not as much as you could potentially get in the Wall Street world or as you could get in the uh, insurance world. Right. Well, let's talk about uh, that insurance world then. Uh, we're obviously familiar just with what that means, but but what are some of the best uses of insurance when you're trying to build your financial plan? So there's a couple of different things that stand out. 
Uh, one of them is uh, life insurance, believe it or not. So there's certain types of life insurance that if structured uh, properly and if funded properly can be a good way to grow money for the future. So those specific plans are you know, funded after tax and there's virtually no limits as to how much you can put into them. And you can also take money out of them tax-free if done correctly. It's done via loan, so you got to know how to do that correctly. The catch here, though, is in order for this to really work well for you, you likely needed to set it up when you were under 50 years old. Because if you set it up older than that, typically the cost of insurance inside these products really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to utilize. But if you're retired or, or soon to be retired and you've set up one of these in the past, it, it, it can be a good resource potentially to get some tax-free income in retirement. The other thing that really stands out, especially for retirees and soon to be retirees are annuity products. So there's different products here. Uh, you know, some include MIGAs, multi-year guarantee annuities. Another one is a fixed index annuity. And so the, the nice benefits of these is that you can earn a, a reasonable rate of return on your money and not have to worry about losing any money in the, in the stock market. So as an example, a MIGA, which is M-Y-G-A, stands for Multi-Year Guaranteed Annuity. You know, there's various products, but, you know, for instance, one of them is a three-year annuity. You can get a 5% uh, interest rate on your money, so 5% per year for those three years. Uh, there's other ones that are like five years. You know, they're, one I think is paying 5.4% right now per year. So that's a, that's a guaranteed rate backed by the insurance company. And these are kind of similar to a CD, um, although CDs, of course, are with banks, but, you know, these are with insurance companies. So there's that. There's fixed index annuities, like I, I mentioned. And, you know, with that, you get to participate in the upside of a market index without the uh, uh, downside risk. So, you know, quick example, you know, one product today has an 11% cap and a 0% floor. So what that means is, let's say your money is tied to the S&P index within that index annuity. If the S&P is up, let's say 5% for the year, you'll get that full 5% because it's less than the cap. If the S&P is up 10% for the year, you'll get that 10% because, again, that's less than that 11% cap on that particular product. But if the S&P is up, let's say 20% for the year, you won't get that full gain you'll get 11% as well because that is what the cap rate is. So you won't get all the upside when the S&P in this case does really well, but you won't get any of the downside either when the S&P goes down for the year. So, you know, the S&P goes down 20, 30, even 40% like it did back in 2008. The worst case scenario is that you'll get a 0% rate of return. So you just won't earn any money. Very good. Well, what are some of the, the biggest pros and cons, though, then when you were looking at insurance? So the biggest pros, I would say, is, you know, again, that you can earn a reasonable rate of return on your money. And it's safe. I mean, it's backed by the insurance company. Certainly, you want to go with an insurance company that is solid, that has a good history, good reputation. And so that's important. Uh, one of the cons, like, for instance, when we talk about the annuity products, is that the money that's in there is not fully liquid. So unlike, let's say, a savings account where you can access right away, you can access all of it, no problems. 
uh, no penalties in an annuity, there are premature withdrawal penalties. So they call it a surrender charge. So let's say we're talking about that three-year fixed annuity. So after three years, it's 100% liquid. But before the three years, if you want to access the money, depending upon the particular product, you may only be able to access, let's say, 10% of the account value on an annual basis. Now, a lot of them have other provisions as well, like if, if you had to go into a nursing home or if you were diagnosed with a terminal illness, that you would be able to access that money without having to pay any penalties. So, so there are some ways there that you would be able to access that money without penalty. Is there, what are the biggest misuses then if we, uh, if we look at insurance? I mean, what are some ways that people make mistakes when they're you know, investing in the insurance world? Well, certainly when we're talking about annuities as an example, if you're if you're more than 10 years or so away from retirement, I find very few reasons why somebody should have money in a annuity product. The other thing is going back to the the surrender charge or the penalty period. You want to be careful as to how much you're putting into these types of products as well. And that's really what we're talking about today is is for most people, it makes sense to have a blend of all three of these worlds. You know, the insurance world, banking world, and Wall Street world. Not all your money is going to be in just one of these, you know, one of these worlds. Yeah. So let's take that then the, the third world then so we can kind of finish out the conversation on the three worlds and, and kind of how you structure your investments. We have the Wall Street world. I think we're all, again, very familiar with this, stocks, and this seems to be the, the more aggressive approach to things. But what are some of the best uses here? Yeah, so definitely. I mean, pretty much everyone is familiar with the Wall Street world with stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, right, all of this. And you know, if we're talking about equities, for, for instance, equities meaning stocks or mutual funds that own stocks or ETFs that own stocks, that sort of thing, even if you're retired or you're planning to retire soon, there's probably a very good likelihood that you should have some equities within your portfolio. I had these conversations uh, quite a bit. You know, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm 70 years old. I don't think I should have money in the Wall Street world. You know, I, I can't take that kind of risk. There's all kinds of risks when it comes to retirement. I mean, to, you know, one of them is market risk. And that's certainly losing money in the markets. Another one is inflation risk. And that is, is not keeping up with inflation. And if we don't keep up with inflation, then we're not going to keep up with the cost of living. So it's a matter of having the right blend of all of these. If you're 70 years old, you could very well live another 10 years, 20 years, maybe even 30 years in retirement. And so there's a very real need in order to have, you know, some money that's that's allocated in such a way where it will help you to keep up with inflation over the course of your retirement. So pros and cons then, what are you looking at for, for Wall Street um, here? Is it just is risk the main con here and, and, and kind of break it down for us? Risk is definitely a big con, that's for sure. I mean if you're retired and you have a lot of your money in the Wall Street world. And specifically, you have a lot of your money that's invested more aggressively. That can really put your retirement at risk also because you know, if, if the markets do go down and, the, and a lot of your money is tied to the performance of the stock market 
and you're at a point in your life when you're needing to withdraw income from that portfolio, that puts you at very real risk of running out of money. But one of the other pros really of the Wall Street world, although money that is in the Wall Street world fluctuates day to day, that money can be accessed at any time without penalties, at least the way that it works uh, with me and, and my clients. Now, you can't access the money the same day. It'll usually take a few days to have access to it, but it can be accessed uh, very quickly. There's no you know, premature withdrawal penalties or, or things like that. Now, when I say there's no premature withdrawal penalties, I'm talking about the investments and things themselves. Of course, if this was a an IRA account or some other type of retirement account where you have to be 59 and a half in order to access or something like that, that's a different story. But I'm just talking about the investments themselves can can be accessed, um, you know, without penalty. Any any key mistakes people make here? I know you've kind of touched on a little bit of that, but is there anything else that you might highlight from the Wall Street world that is a spot where someone might misuse this money? Yeah, I, I see this on two extremes. I see I see the one extreme being, you know, someone that wants to invest more aggressively than what their risk capacity is. And in, in other words, somebody might have the risk tolerance, it seems, in order to to invest more aggressively, but they may not really have the the risk capacity to do so. In other words, if they did suffer a major loss, it would have a huge impact on their retirement plan. The The other thing that I see, though, is I, I see people that are invested far more conservatively than they should be. I mean, they should really be taking a little bit more risk because they're taking so little risk within their portfolio that it's just, it's just not going to keep up with the cost of living over time. All right. Well, that's a good breakdown of, of the three different worlds. I mean, if you have questions about this and, and maybe how your plan or your investment portfolio is structured and want to get some feedback and, and see if you're maybe properly allocated, best place to start is KravitzFinancial.com. That is the website there. You can also get your retirement ready checkup done as well to give you a snapshot of your current financial picture. Uh, and if you want to call, you can do that as well. 714-462-9155 is that number. But hopefully this gives you a little bit better understanding of, of how the investments work and where you might want to allocate your money and the pros and cons to the different worlds that are out there to be used. But as always, your, your advisor can sit down with you and help build that plan to meet your needs and your goals. Ryan, as always, it's uh, great to catch up with you, and we'll do it again soon. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. Kravitz Financial and Insurance Solutions and BCM are independent of each other. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims-paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Brookstone.